Thanks for joining me on this journey to building authority online and sharing your message with a world who desperately needs to hear it. I'm your host, Valerie Morris, and I am excited to share today's interview with you. Today's podcast is brought to you by the book, We're All Ears. This is your guide to building influence, impact, and success online in a noisy world. This book is unique because I included experts' knowledge as well as things that I've learned along the way to help give you the tools you need to get your message out there. Without further ado, let's dig in. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. I've got Brian Summerall with me, and I am so excited to have him share his expertise because he comes at stories and messaging and authority from kind of a different angle than a lot of us in the marketing world think of. And uh, it's a lot of a lot of it has to do with really the organization that he works for. So, Brian, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your expertise and uh, what most people in the world know you for? I would say, hey, thanks for having me, Valerie, very much. Uh, I would say most people know me before. I've been on Young Life staff, which is a ministry, an outreach ministry to adolescents, middle school, high school, and college. Um, and I've been on staff for over 31 years. Most people probably know me for that, for speaking at Young Life banquets, for speaking at Young Life camps during the summer across the country. and. Uh, then for something we call ministry strategy training. And I, I got to travel the, the mission, which is U.S. and some international, for about seven years training volunteers and staff and how to reach more kids. So that's probably where I'm known, the, what I'm known the best for is part of what I do. And you also dabble in this thing with, that Donald Miller has created called StoryBrand. Is that correct? Yes, I got uh, sucked in or uh, just fascinated by Donald Miller's story brand, which just quick background, Donald Miller wrote a best-selling book. He's, he's a, a pretty well-known author by, by a lot of people. He's a great storyteller, which, which is uh, what really attracted me to his books. He wrote a book called Blue Like Jazz, which became a national unexpected bestseller, How the Blue, New York Times bestseller. And somebody bought the movie rights for it. And... Uh, so he had to take these screenwriting courses and, and turn it into a movie. Now, the movie was not a hit. I think it went straight to VHS before there was even VHS. <laughs> and, um, but he took what he learned about storytelling from all the screenwriting classes. He began to apply it to marketing and helping companies and nonprofits tell a better story. And he started this thing called StoryBrand, which I highly recommend going to storybrand.com. And he can tell the story much better than I can. <laughs> um, but it's just learning how to tell a better story, how to apply the seven elements of storytelling that you can really watch almost any movie from Star Wars to Harry Potter to uh, Tommy Boy, and you see these same seven elements of storytelling, and that is a language that the brain understands and has for the last you know few thousand years. I mean, Jesus understood that too. I mean, Jesus spoke in parables. He understood that story is is a way to convey an idea and to have people lean in and, and feel like that, you know, that story is just for them and, and learning to tell your customer story is, is extremely helpful in your marketing. Yeah. So now you actually apply this story brand training into the young life context. Is that correct? I do, especially when it comes to, to donor communications, because a lot of our young staff of which I used to be one, um, come on staff and they're great at working with kids and they're great at direct ministry and going to school and you know run camps and doing all that but they're not the best 
at communicating what we do uh, to adults in the community who need to come alongside of them uh, for young life to exist. And so they need to be better at telling our story. And too often in young life, we're guilty of saying, oh, you just got to come to camp to get it or come with me to the banquet. And, and those are not, I mean, from what I learned in story brand from Miller, those are not giving your customers great simple messages that will go viral about your product or your nonprofit or your ministry. And we don't know how to explain what we do to people. And therefore people don't know how to help us and they don't know what we need from them because we're vague and we're obscure. And then we use insider language too, especially in young life. We talk, we use terms that just the average person doesn't understand. We're, it's the old, we're, it's like we're on the inside of the jar of our product trying to decide what the label needs to read on the outside. We're so inside our product, we don't know what people need to hear in order to know how they can do business with us. And so I try and help staff get, young staff get better at that, at conveying who we are and then how the community can come alongside us and help. That's so great. I think what I love about that is that that is that struggle is common in nonprofits and in ministries, but it's something that every every brand or or online presence, whether they're for profit or not, they struggle with that and getting that kind of getting outside of yourself to understand how do we communicate well with other people and convey what we're all about. Um, it's it's such a struggle for so many people. So I, it's helpful for me to know that. <laughs> that even those that are dealing with things that aren't necessarily driven by the bottom line struggle with that as well. So I think it's great that you're bringing that, that uh, training that has like that marketing perspective, but it also has application and ministry too. Um, so. I think too many, well, I don't know, too many young life staff, too many nonprofits. I think we're used to this old model of sending four page newsletters quarterly and nobody wants to read your four page newsletter. And we all know that because we don't read four patients letters. Um, and so why would I send something that I wouldn't even read myself? It gets put in the stack of mail and goes to the bottom of the stack and eventually goes down. And how do we learn to communicate in a way that our, I say customers, but how our supporters in Young Life or for a nonprofit that, how do they communicate and how do we resist listening, lifting ourselves up as the hero of the story? Uh, whereas those donors and those people who come alongside us are the heroes and we just want to uh, enter into their story and help them be the person they want to be by becoming a part of a bigger story and God's story and participating in what God's doing through our ministry. Wow. So do you have any, any recommendations for how do you even go about starting to think about entering into the other person's perspective or making them the hero? How do you, how do you kind of make that shift? I think, um, you know, I, I think uh, I, I keep plugging this, but I just want to keep pointing people back. Storybrand.com. <laughs> they have this great. It's 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 called a brand script, and anyone can look at it. It's very simple, but it just really as you, as you look at movies, when you when you people you need to know that customers they want to be the hero of their own story. They see themselves through the lens of a camera, like they're in their own movie, and and they've got problems to overcome. So the question is. Who is your customer? What is their story? What is the problem that you help them solve? What is the problem that you come along and help them solve? They want to be Luke Skywalker. They want you to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, Luke Skywalker's the hero of the story. He wants to overcome the empire. He wants to leave that farm. But he's got to meet somebody with experience and empathy 
uh, that will help him come up with a plan of how to overcome that and show him what his happy ending can look like. Um, so whoever your customer is, like for me, it's a Young Life donor. What do they want? I need to ask the question, what does the donor want? They want to be a part of a bigger story. They want to make an impact with their life. They want to be a good steward of the gifts God has given them. Um, they want to make impact in their world, whether they're a believer or not. If they're a believer, they want to make kingdom impact and they want kids to know Christ or other people to know Christ and invest in things that are eternal. Uh, the problem they have to overcome, if there's no problem, then they don't need me, is that they're too busy. They don't feel qualified. There's too many choices out there. We're getting GoFundMe things on Facebook and we're inundated with 3,000 messages a day um, from various sources and they feel overwhelmed. They don't know where to help because they get so many things. If you're like me, you get so many solicitations in so many places. And so you're frozen and you don't know how to help. And then internally that makes you feel frustrated and freezes you up and feel like you're not having impact. And then philosophically their problem is they're wondering, will it make a difference? Will my $25 a month make a difference against what I'm seeing on the news and, and all these things. And so you've got a hero who's got a problem and then you show up as the guy. And for me, young life shows up as the guy to say, Hey, we understand we've got empathy with we know what it's like to be busy. We know what it's like to be overwhelmed. We know what it's like to have too many options, but we've also got authority. We've been doing this for 75 years. We walk in a world of kids. We don't just study them in a lab somewhere. We go out on campus to go where kids are. And um, we, uh, we also happen to know the one who created them and loves them more than anyone and can lead them to life and life to the full. So we've got authority and experience to help the hero overcome this problem of, I'm not sure where I can make impact or I don't feel qualified. We give them the plan of, hey, we're gonna go where kids are, we're gonna engage them in humor and relationships and adventure, and through that we're gonna share the gospel with kids, and we're gonna love them regardless of response. And then we get to call them to action. Say, if you wanna participate in the story, if you have choices, you can donate, uh, you can volunteer and come join us, or you, know, you can pray for us. Um, and when you do that, when you check that box at the banquet, uh, you are overcoming all of those problems. That's what you call your karate kid bump. When uh, Ralph Macchio or whatever in Karate Kid, you know, did this, the swan kick. Yeah. Proving he had what it takes, good defeated evil. Uh, he got the girl all in that one kick. That was the defining moment. And when they check that $25 box to your banquet or click give here on your, your email solicitation, that's their karate kid moment. They're proving they have what it takes. They're no longer overwhelmed with too many options. They're immediately taking part in a bigger story. Mm. And you're showing them their happy ending, um, that they can be a part of that. And if they choose not to do that, then they're still back to being frozen, too many choices, wondering if their life has impact. So that's a long uh, route to do that. Sorry if I gave you too much there. No. But that's the Young Life context and a nonprofit, that's, you've got to identify who is your audience, what do they want, what's keeping them from that, and then how does your product or your ministry or your nonprofit help them overcome that? And people are looking for transformational identity. Um, mm. They want to become a different person. Yeah. Uh, the we use the Chick-fil-A example that Chick-fil-A doesn't just sell chicken sandwiches. What Chick-fil-A sells is transformational identity, but I feel like a bad parent when I feed my kid fast food. 
the person behind the counter doesn't want to be there. The place is kind of dirty. The food's not healthy, but I walk into Chick-fil-A and there's instrumental praise music playing and the place is immaculate and sparkles and the person behind the counter, no matter what I say to them, says my pleasure. Um, mm -hmm. And some Chick-fil-A's had a little chicken coop that if you put your phones in and you didn't use your phones during the meal, they would give your family free ice cream. So they're for my family. Yeah. Tell you that they cook their French fries in healthier oil, even though they're a thousand calories. And um, so when I leave Chick-fil-A, I feel like a better parent. I don't feel like a failure. I don't feel like I've settled. I feel like I, I'm a good parent. So yes, I'm not just buying like a chicken sandwich. I'm, I'm buying an aspirational identity. Yeah. That's such a great example because I do feel like Chick-fil-A is one of those brands that is very clear on who they are, who, what they're all about. And it feeds into every piece of the puzzle. Anywhere you touch Chick-fil-A, you're reminded of those, those core values, you know, even when it comes down to the cleanliness of the bathrooms or, you know, the design of the, of the restaurant, the architecture of it, you know, it's, it's every little piece. The training of their employees and just how they do what they do, but they are, realizing that me as the customer, I'm the hero. I want to be the best parent I can. I want yeah. value for my money. I want my kids to be healthy. I want a good experience for my family. And I want it you know, to, to be not expensive. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and when I go there, they provide that. They're the guide that helps me get that. Um, and then when I leave there, I, they're showing me the happy ending. Yeah. So they do walk you through like that whole process of the story in some sense. Yeah. A frazzled parent coming in with their screaming toddler <laughs> to leave yeah. with a nice coat of ice cream. So too many. Yeah. I like the example. Too many companies try and solve the external need rather than overcome the person's internal need. The external need is I'm hungry. Okay. Here, here's a sandwich. But Really, people are looking for solutions to their internal need. I don't feel like a good parent when I feed my kid fast food. And if you'll solve that problem for me, then you'll win me as a customer. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's getting to, to like just peeling that onion back and getting to the core problem that people really need solved instead of just the quick fix. And I do think that's interesting because a lot of times when people look at building authority, they want that quick fix. They think that, okay, I can just, you know, post a couple things on Twitter and people are going to know that I'm an expert in X, Y, and Z. And the reality is you have to go so much deeper and really be truly connected to that, that meaning and that, that value statement that you're really going after for it to stick. And that's something that doesn't happen over time. Like I remember being about eight or nine years old and seeing the whole cows on the billboard thing. And this was when like Chick-fil-A was not anywhere near Chicago where I grew up, like, yeah. you know, but I knew the brand of Chick-fil-A even back then. And it stayed consistent over time to meet that need. So yeah, I think you're onto something there with that internal versus external. Yeah, storybrand.com. I, I, I learned it. No, okay, so just to clarify. Storybrand book. You became like a storybrand trainer, correct? I did. I became a certified storybrand guide. I mean, I went to the two-day training live workshop in Nashville, which they offer. They also offer online training, but 
I went to the live thing. I had this new thing called Young Life Access, which we had to develop to help train volunteers on the devices they carry every day. The mm-hmm. volunteer, our Young Life volunteers are busy and we don't want to penalize them for missing the retreat. And sometimes they can't make it to the leadership meeting, but what if they could do some of their training on the iPad after the kids go to bed or at a coffee break at Starbucks and make it interactive and, and something that's just accessible to them and on the stuff they carry every day. And I had to figure out how are we going to communicate that? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when StoryBrand came along and I thought, I'm going to go do this. So I did a two day Nashville workshop and then I came home and I couldn't sleep for a few days because it just, I was, I was already a TV film major. So I just, I love story anyway. Yeah. Uh, my brain just got so engaged. And then I saw it helping so many young life staff in how they were communicating to donors. They were sending me after they, I had trained them in story brand to the extent that I could just after a two day workshop their materials, the, the level of their materials and their click rates and things went up on what they were sending out. So I thought, I just got to get better at this. So I went to a five-day wow. thing in Nashville. But uh, what I love is follow Donald Miller on Twitter, and he gives away the best stuff if you're just interested in this. Follow him on Twitter, and he'll give you – there'll be a PDF, five things every website needs to tell a better story, or how to write email subject lines that'll get opened. Um, and that'll give you some basics on it. But, um, but if you are interested, there is the online course. You yeah. can go to Nashville. It will change the way you talk about um, your product and, and what you do. Because if people, don't, if people choose not to give to Young Life because God calls them to give somewhere else, mm-hmm. that's great. I mean, we'll throw them a parade. That's wonderful. Yeah. But if they choose not to give to Young Life because we're unclear in what we do, our message is confusing, uh, and people aren't sure how they can help us, then shame on us um, that, that we, we are not crafting our message in a way that people can understand. If after that they choose not to give, that's great. But don't let it be because we can't explain what we do. Yeah. Well, and you kind of touched on the clarity piece, which, um, you know, one of my questions initially to you is, can an organization succeed without being clear on their story? Like, I'm sure you come across people all the time that, they're, they're kind of, they kind of know what their story is, but they're a little fuzzy and, um, you know, can they be effective or do they really need to get clear on the story first? How do you, how, how do you see that, that happening? And you got to get clear on the story. I mean, Miller uses the, the example often and I love it. Uh, um, the Republican primaries that mm-hmm. if I asked you what Jeb Bush stood for, if I asked you what John Kasich stood for, or Carly Fiorina stood for, regardless of your politics, you probably couldn't tell me. And if I said, what does Donald Trump stand for? You'd say, build a wall and make America great again. And the fastest one to clarity wins the marketplace. Mm. I'm trying to make a political comment here, but the best yeah. product doesn't always win. Yeah, it's the one that's the fastest to clarity to win uh, that will win. Um, Steve Jobs had a new computer after Mac called the Lisa, and he took out a two-page ad in, in the Wall Street Journal of New York Times. I can't remember which, with all the tech stuff of the Lisa, just pages of all that it would do, and it failed miserably. And he learned from that. And when he came out with the iPod, there were other MP3 players before iPods and before the iPhone. And they were kind of clunky and cumbersome, and I wanted them for Young Life, but I wasn't quite sure how to use them. And when he came with the iPod, he didn't run a two-page ad of all the tech specs. And he didn't walk out on stage and say, hey, it's got this much RAM and this much hard drive, and display will do this, and the process does that. He pulled it out of his pocket, and he said, it's a thousand songs in your pocket. 
Mm. People understood that. And I can't name another MP3 player now because the fastest one to clarity won the marketplace. Yeah. And so, yes, you have to get clear on your messaging. People need to be able to open up your website and it's got to pass what you call the grunt test. If you can't open up your website or even your email solicitation or your newsletter, if you still choose to send something like that, and people can't tell what you do, mm-hmm. what you offer, uh, how will it make my life better, and what does it take to do business with you? If they can't tell that in the first 15 seconds or so, you don't have the right message. Um, because again, they're just going to move on to the next thing. That's, I feel like you could just teach a whole marketing course just based on that alone, but um, you well, touched I on, am a story brand certified guy. You are. So you really could <laughs> teach a whole class on it. <laughs> I have a little emblem on my email. So there. Nice. Nice. But um, I get passionate. I love talking about it. I mean, story is just, and it, when it starts to apply to marketing and what we do and people lean in and get it, I mean, it's really fun. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I do a lot with Young Life too. And I've seen a lot of area directors, the local staff really struggle um, to engage on the adult level and on the donor level. So similar to you. Um, and I've seen it in the sense that I don't know that they always think about Young Life like a business. Um, and I know that sounds that sounds a little taboo because it is a ministry. Um, but when you start focusing on it, of if you start thinking about how to talk about it, similar to how business owners are trained to talk about their business, then I think Young Life staff and other nonprofits could get a lot clearer in a more simple way just by taking just that different shift of how can I learn how to talk about this organization or this ministry with the same kinds of elements that a business owner would um, versus it just being this fluffy feel good kind of thing. And, Oh, people are just going to magically want to give us money. No, we need to be strategic about how we're talking about it, saying the right things, getting clear on our message um, and really putting people in a position where it's easy for them to understand what, what we need them to do. And, and people need to understand what differentiates you from other people playing in the same sandbox you are too. Mm-hmm. And, and clarity on a message helps you do that. Like Young Life, well, is that the same as K-Life? Well, what's the difference between that and Campus Crusades, Campus Life? And those are all wonderful things and worthy of support. But if we just meld into everything else, I want to know, well, what makes this different? How are you... Uh, entering this the story differently and accomplishing what you're doing, what differentiates you from the other uh, the other person that's again playing in the same sandbox? And again, if they're called to give it to someone else, that's great. But if we're not clear on what we do and what makes us unique, then people will never know. Hey, does that scratch the itch they have of wanting right. to be a part of something like that? Right. Um, we're talking in these nebulous terms, and we walk alongside kids, or we love on kids. What does that mean? And um, they don't understand what we call the four C's, contact work club and campaigners. And um, There's the term wildlife, which is our middle school ministry. You know, talk about insider language. That's, uh, yeah. We had a, one of our leaders, our staff people, injure her knee on a wildlife retreat, which is our middle school ministry retreat. And I'm talking to the workman's comp person because it was workman's comp because she was working when it happened. Okay. And I thought they were in the Young Life Service Center, but they were not. 
So I kept saying it was our wildlife person. And finally, she just stopped and said, does this person work with wild animals? <laughs> Which I kind of said, kind of. She worked with junior high kids. But, but <laughs> I'm just using language. That, and it's yeah. the, curse of, the curse of knowledge is you understand your company on a 10. You want to communicate to others. So you get with other people in your company and you dumb it down to a seven. But people really make buying decisions at a one or a two. Yes. Like the difference between a two and a seven is called the curse of knowledge. And we've got to figure out how to bridge that gap to the one or two. Yeah. So do you have any recommendations of how do you kind of break that cycle of kind of sticking with your own lingo and getting one, of the, in your one of the best ways to do that? And what was really good for me is being at that live story brand workshop because I was sitting at a table with a, uh, a filmmaker. I was sitting at a table with a, a, a financial planning business uh, owner. I was sitting at a table with a guy who owns the company in Tennessee that cuts all the trees for the electric company. Um, and when you get in your group work, I'm trying to decide what Young Life Access is and we're showing it to each other. Mm. And I'm showing it to someone who has no Young Life background. And if they can't get it, then I'm not clear enough. Um, and so, you know, they, they recommend just, even if you're at Starbucks working on your website or working on an email, pull someone over to your table and go, Hey, you got 30 seconds. Look at this. Can you tell what I do? Do you understand this? And if they can't, you are using too much insider language. You've got to get outside the box of your company and your employees and even your most loyal customers and, and let them look at it. Uh, I'm, I'm writing, I'm, this is a shameless plug. Sorry. Uh, but I'm writing a book and you know, even my editor, you know, sent me back a couple of, he goes, I have no idea what you're talking about here. And I think it's clear as a bell. And I've used this, you know, terms and telling the story many times because as the reader, I just don't get it. Mm. And we need to run our stuff by quote outside of people uh, more often to see, are we clear enough? Yeah. I love that idea of just pulling some random stranger and saying, Hey, does this make sense? You know? So, wow. Well, and it is true, I think, regardless of what industry you're in, this is a common problem that people struggle with, is just getting too into our own lingo. And, you know, we sound cool because, to our, to our main audience, we sound cool because we've got the, the dialect down, but if we're really trying to attract other people, it's, we've got to make it just absolutely crystal clear. It takes, yeah, it takes putting your message through. In StoryBrand, they call it a brand script, but I try and put my messaging through this brand script, and it's not legalistic or some you know, box you're stuck in. It's a framework to put it through to just help clarify and get rid of what's not necessary and just make sure you're not putting yourself as the hero of the story. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point of just kind of putting putting whoever your hero is, really truly making them the hero. And if you're, if you're really trying to do that, the way you talk about your story and your message will be as simplistic and as basic as that hero needs to understand it. So um, it's a really good point to, to make. To and it's not, and it's the truth too, because I mean, the donors are the heroes of our story without donors without people who have a heart and passion for kids young life can't exist in an area and it, it's not my wonderful skits or t-shirts and and all that and our camps are wonderful but without the donor none of this happens
audience. Mm. And we need to be better at communicating that you are, that, that box you've checked for $25 a month is changing lives mm. uh, and is affecting eternity. And you are a part of God's bigger story because you do that. That is the truth, but we're not very good at communicating. We're, we did this, we did this, we did this, we did this. Look at what we did because you're giving, we did all this stuff. No, you were a part of doing all this stuff. How does influence with people? Does it bridge think, the gap a little bit faster? I think it bridges the gap a, a little faster. Um, a couple things on that and, and let's see if I can, if I can answer your question. Um, number one, story is just a powerful tool that neurologists will tell you when the brain engages in story, the rational mind shuts down and that's when buying decisions are made. So just engaging in story breaks down a lot of barriers. It is a very specific language that the brain speaks mm. and responds to. So when you use story, the rational mind does shut down, and that is when buying decisions are made. That's like when I saw Jaws in 1977 as a fifth grader, which I shouldn't have seen, my sixth grade sister. <laughs> and I'm in the promenade theater at the corner of Beltline and Coit and Richardson. I did not wanna, in the middle of the movie, I'm pulling my feet up on the chair because I didn't wanna hang them over into the darkness. Yeah. Now I know there are no sharks in Richardson, Texas in movie theaters, but my, because I was so engaged in story, my rational mind shut down and I began making decisions. So story, I think helps bridge that gap of authority because it, it, it breaks down some barriers that may be up. But then within the story, we kind of have to show a bit of our authority of, of that we do have the experience to help this person overcome. The problem. So say on a website, it's a couple of endorsements from other, you know, organizations that might have used your product or um, used your services or something like that. In Young Life, it might be the fact that we've been around 76 years and we're in 106 countries now. Um, or in a local area, it might be we've been in this area for 50 years and, you know, we've done this and have this many leaders or, or, or something like that or, or 2 million kids involved around the world. Um, you've got to, to put in a little of authority into your story. Mm -hmm. Just like Obi-Wan Kenobi fought in the Clone Wars. Yeah, I'm a geek. Or, you know, Mr. Miyagi knows, you know, the, the, um, knows karate and, and was a champion back in the war, just whatever it is. You've got to, to sprinkle in a little of your authority to let people know that you can help get them where they want to go. But if you put too much of that authority in, like I saw a book the other day that had so many endorsements on it. I mean, it was like three pages worth of endorsements. And eventually, if you use too much authority, you can come across as needy um, or insecure, or you can risk becoming the hero of the story again um, because you have so much authority. You just need enough. It's in storytelling, it's, it's what you would call the salt and the recipe for bread. That if you use too much, you spoil the bread. But if you don't use any, it's a dull bread. Um, so you do have to sprinkle in some of your authority that, that shows this person you can help them overcome their problem because you've been there and you've got a plan. People want to know you got a plan. Yeah. Um, they want to know that you can get them... Um, Forgive me, I keep referring to Miller, but he talks about a wilderness trip 
and going across a creek and it looks treacherous in the rapids and the guys are nervous about going across, but he's leading it because I know the exact three stones to step across to get them across that creek. Mm -hmm. If they'll put their feet where I put my feet, they'll get across. And that's what your customer wants. They want to know, you know, the three stones. They don't want seven stones or nine stones. They want to know, you know, the three to four stones that will get them across the creek to become this person that they want to become or get this happy ending they want to do. So they want to know you've got the authority to do that. Well, I love that you just spelled that out. I think you just spelled that out so well because we all are looking for that authority, that proof. Um, in marketing, we call it social proof that you know other people have bought into my expertise on some level. But you're right. If we go too far, it starts looking a little, like you're saying, needy, air, um, insecure. I would add arrogant um, to it. It just sometimes is a little abrasive if you're too much like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And you're right, you, you run the risk of pushing people to the point where they are not the hero. So I think that's a really, really important thing to be, to be cautious of as we're, we're looking to go out and prove that we know our stuff, but yet we still wanna be careful about who the hero really is. They, if you start showing up as the hero again and by showing too much authority, they'll just wave to you and say, oh, great, you're a hero too. Good luck to you on your journey. I'm, I'm also a hero. I'm going to go off on my journey. And um, people will say that's why, if you're older, Bob Dole, John Kerry, John McCain didn't win the presidency because they showed up as war heroes. And people didn't want a hero. They wanted a guy mm. that would understand their pain and help them win the day. So you risk uh, alienating your customer if you take the role as hero. Wow. Yeah, that's an interesting, I've, I've never heard anyone mention that, but it makes a lot of sense. So, all right. Well, um, so one question that I'm really curious to hear about is, so nowadays everything, we get so many messages online, you referenced that earlier, so much happens online and um, I'm curious if you have any insights into if we are more clear with our story online, how can that impact the face-to-face -face that we would have with someone? Is there an ability now to make that short, that story happen faster because we have these tools online or how do you see the online story being able to help impact the face-to-face -face and in real life? I can, I mean, I can tell you the for instance, just in my world, in a nonprofit, as somebody who raises personal support, yeah, raises the budget, as I become more clear in telling my story online, um, through Facebook, Instagram, and email blasts, and I make those things clear where I earn the trust of my reader that I'm, it's not going to be a four-page newsletter when you open this. It's going to be a very simple thing with some a bold and a bullet point and a great picture that represents the happy ending that we can bring. Um, they will continue to engage and trust you and open those emails or slow down as you come across their Facebook feed as we learn to tell that story in Facebook as well and the different places our customers or our donors are going. And they will have a positive image of you and know your story and trust you so that when you are face-to-face, -face, you are so much further down the road with that customer or potential donor. For instance, for my personal donors, 
when I go grab coffee with them or, um, uh, you know, run into them, they're like, Hey, how was that trip to Alaska training leaders? Or I saw your speaking in Colorado last week or your new book I heard is, you know, is coming out or whatever it is because clear, concise messages that are in their Facebook feed, their Instagram, their Twitter, their LinkedIn, uh, and then also in their inbox and clear subject lines are really key to that. Mm-hmm. Um, if I just put, you know, young life ministry updates, I just don't think people want to read that and people are busy and it goes to the bottom of their inbox. But if I put, uh, another young life club triples because of your gift in the subject line, even if they delete my email as they're deleting it, they know what I want them to know. Yeah. Uh, I didn't bury the lead. Yeah. So as we, you know, and that's in the second paragraph, if you even read anything, and there's so many pictures you're not sure what to look at. Just give me a one picture of club, give me a bold, give me a bold here, and then maybe after they skim, scan, and scroll, which is what we all do with emails, then maybe they'll read it. But they got it in the subject line, and they got it in a one line. That's, I mean, I honestly like Twitter being limited characters, and I know they're bigger, but I think it got us better at condensing and getting the lead more quickly. Even on Facebook, as I type things and then I'll, post it. I don't ever want it to read more yeah. down there. I want to go. And if it does, then that's, you know, stuff that they can do without if they just want right. to know. More. But it better be in that first couple of sentences because they're scrolling by their phone. If they have to click more then I've lost. Them. Yeah. So then in, in turn, it makes face to face better. It's like our young life to access training. I don't want a phone to replace face to face training. I want it to make face to face training more efficient that they can access very simple trainings and repeat them as often as they want so that when we're face to face, I'm no longer going through a handout with them. They've covered the material and now we can apply it sooner and I can take them by the hand and we can get to direct ministry much more quickly Yeah. if I let them do it on their own time online. So I, I think it does the same in marketing. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it does. It speeds up that kind of sales process with people where they, they already know what you're what your what your focus is what you're all about yeah so then if you want to get them to convert on a specific product or service they're, they're already sold on your expertise uh, yeah. they're not having to question well, why am i even talking to this person so i think i think there's so much overlap here and it's just a difference of kind of what the end game is um but the in between we're all kind of having to get through the same same thing of overcoming objectives, making sure we're clear with people, making sure that they know what the call to action is, whether it's to donate or to purchase. Um, it, it's, it's all very, very similar, um, but yet sometimes feels so different. Yeah. So if you had any advice for someone that's out wanting to build authority and influence to others, do you have any advice for people from your experience you know, obviously you've got the story brand experience and expertise behind you, but you've also got 30 plus years where you've been out building influence with teenagers, parents, donors, uh, young life staff. Do you have any advice? I think, I think it goes back to, we've got to be able to identify our customer and identify what do they want? What's the problem that's keeping them from getting it? And how can we step in with a solution? to get them across that creek. And in order to do that, I know that's the story brand for me, but 
in order to do that, I think we have to take the Young Life model. We say we go where kids are. Again, we don't just watch the news and read reports and stats on kids. We have to step in their world to do that. I can't, I wouldn't let anyone speak at my Young Life Club. And people call me and they go, hey, I'm great, you know, great speaker. I know this great speaker who could speak at your Young Life Club. I go, yeah, absolutely he can or she can. If they'll go to 10 JV football games, a choir concert, hang out in the cafeteria for a semester, and then go on a weekend camp and live in a cabin full of sophomore guys, they can absolutely give a 10-minute talk. Right. Um, we, in order to understand our customer or our audience or our nonprofit, whatever, we've got to step into their world and get out of the jar of our product. And so if that takes hanging out at Starbucks, if that takes stepping in the world, if that takes you know, asking questions if you're a nonprofit of your donors and what do they want and what are they more likely to read or, or do? I, I think you've got to identify with your customer. You've got to begin to tell their story, not your story. But then how do you come alongside them and do that? So yeah. that, that would be the first steps. Well, that's so great. I, I'm so thankful for that. I, I know I've gotten a lot out of all of the wisdom that you've just shared here in this last little bit. Um, but before we head off, I know you have a couple of fun projects that you're working on right now. Um, and where can people connect with you further and tell us a little bit about some of those projects? Well, uh, I am in the process of getting a book published. We've just finished. We're still working on a subtitle. Congrats. <laughs> but that title is, the title is Telling Stories. And I, I love that, that, hey, I love to tell stories, but I love that the stories I'm telling in this book are telling in what they reveal mm. and they are just when you look at Jesus he told parables and he communicated truth through that and it's it's the most powerful way to tell a story we just talked about it for 45 minutes so these are stories from my life that I feel like God has given me that just reveal God's truth in a unique way it's a book full of 18 stories about dorm raids and college probation and my 1981 Monte Carlo and having kids and getting married and all kinds of things, just stories God has given me over the last three years of, of adventure and laughter and pain and loss and love and all those things. But then how do they reveal God's truth? Mm. And um, I think it's, it's a fun read, but I think people will, if people make decisions when they engage in stories, I think through reading this book, I think some, some God decisions will be made and people will have a chance to reflect on who God is and their relationship with him as well. Wow. So we're hoping to have that out. It will be out. Talk to the publisher today, end of November, telling stories. It'll be available on Amazon. Sweet. All right. So we'll make or sure. Or white, whitecapsmedia.com. How about that? Media. Okay. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that that's all that information's in the show notes. And if people want to get to know you further online and get to know more about the stories that you're telling every day, how, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Uh, connect on, uh, find me on Facebook with Brian Summerall, LinkedIn, Brian Summerall, it's summer and then all. You can also go to younglifeaccess.com and find out about the live workshops we do for Young Life Staffing Committee and there'll be some other things uh, expanding on that uh, as well. That's so great. Well, thank you, Brian, so much for joining us today and for sharing so much knowledge, not just on StoryBrand, but also just in general, your experience and expertise on just getting the word out and building authority within your own community. 